The Dental Download Podcast is your source for insight into dental school, conversations with dentists, specialists, and leaders in the industry. With new episodes every Monday morning, I'm your host, Haley Schultz. Let's get into this week's episode. Hello, hello, everyone. Happy Monday. Welcome back to another episode of the Dental Download Podcast. It is me alone this week, a solo episode finally going to be talking you all through external rotations at my school, University of Michigan, as fourth-year students. I went through my first round of external rotations this summer semester. It was four weeks total, so we're going to dive into what that looks like and what's to come in the upcoming semesters as well. So I hope you all are excited for this little chatty episode and a look into one of the more unique and really impactful clinical experiences I think that were offered at my program. Okay, let's get right into it and I want to have this episode structured in a way that makes sense for you all, so I'm going to try to break things down one by one and answer possible frequently asked questions when it comes to external rotation and then also dive really deep into my specific experiences, into the nitty gritty of what procedures I was doing, how busy we are, what all that looked like. So for starters, external rotations, they like to call us student interns at these clinics, Most of the sites are federally qualified health centers. I was assigned to a federally qualified health center in Cadillac, Michigan, and the school sends us out for two weeks at a time, four weeks per semester, so 12 weeks per year because we have a summer, fall, and winter term as fourth years or every year of dental school, really. And my first two weeks were in May, and then my second two weeks were in July, So when we're not there, we're just back in dental school doing our normal patient care at the dental school clinic. And even if we are there, we might still have to be on top of our classes or some students hadn't taken the INBDE yet. So they would have to be studying for that on top of the busy clinical schedule where you're there eight to five, some days, 7.30 to 6.30, depending on what kind of clinics you're in. They all have different hours. My specific clinic was Monday to Thursday. We had to get there by 7.45, and then most days we were out around 4.45, but some days we were there till 5.30, and it was a really quick drive over from our hotel, so there wasn't much commuting involved. Our clinic was structured with four operatories for us student interns, and then there was a like flex room and then two or three hygienists going. We didn't interact with the hygienists at all in terms of clinical care, like we didn't do the checkup exams for patients. There was a preceptor dentist that supervised all of our work as well as did the hygiene checks and sometimes would do the patient care for minor things like a quick denture adjustment if all four of us student externs were busy. So I just hinted at it that four of us were assigned to this site at a time and we had anywhere from two to four assistants each day that were staffed at the clinic and they have been there long-term assistants, so they know the clinic really well. They know where everything is. They were super, super helpful with us with the computer system, the different radiograph systems that they use, and just where to find different tools or instruments or materials that we might need for our patient care. And we would usually be assisting each other at this site, which is not 
the norm across all of U of M's rotations, but we would be assisting each other unless there was a full set of patients there, four patients at a time, or three patients or something like that, then the chair-side assistants would jump in and actually help us chair-side. Otherwise, they were doing miscellaneous work around the clinic to help keep things running. Like, we never had to set up or tear down rooms, and we never had to do sterilization. They handled all that. But at other clinic sites, that's the same. Plus, you also usually have a chair-side assistant. But for ours, and I mean, I totally agree with this. I'd rather be in the clinic with a patient, even if I'm assisting, than sitting in the back room doing nothing. So I didn't really mind assisting each other, but I would have preferred if it was busier and we had chairside assistance and we're seeing more patients, of course. But I will get into kind of the specifics of how many patients and what all the procedures were a little bit later in this episode. They tried to have several patients for us per day. They would have three columns booked, and again, there were four of us. The third column would usually be light. It wouldn't be a full schedule from 8 a.m. start time to the last patient would scheduled at 3.40 p.m. It wouldn't be fully booked, and then we also had a 30-minute lunch period, but the first two columns would be fully booked, and the third was kind of more of like a flex column, which I'm sure you're familiar with if you've done any shadowing or worked in a dental office yourself. So we would divvy those up. We were pretty much paired up, the two girls with us, and then me and my dental school roommate were thankfully, and it was super fun, we were assigned to the same site at the same time, which was just honestly ideal situation, right, to be with one of your best friends on this rotation. So of course, we asked to be paired up together there, so we would be assisting each other back and forth. I'm sure you can understand that. And we tried our best to make sure that the workload was even each day as much as we could so the first two girls would be column one of the schedule and then me and my roommate amanda would be column two and then the third column we just kind of divvy up as people maybe had cancellations or they did something really boring we can say and we had something more exciting then we would give them an extra patient or we might even take someone off of our own column two and give it to them and take one of their quote boring procedures (laughs) But obviously, it wasn't perfect. Like, I definitely felt like the first week of our four, me and Amanda had a lot more patient care than the other two girls. And I think it's just because there was a bunch of cancellations and it's not because we were trying to hog things. It was just like, patient's here. This is our column. We're going to go start. And they thought their patient was coming and then they didn't show up. And then they thought their patient was coming and they didn't show up. But if they canceled last minute, then we would give them one of our patients but it just didn't really work out that way every time. In terms of scope of procedures, just generally speaking, some of the more exciting things was that every single one of us, all four of us, got to do a root canal in some regard. Two of the girls did a root canal start to finish from caries removal, access opening, obturation, filling, sealing off, all done. And then myself and one of the other girls kind of did the opposite the third girl we can say on our rotation she finished a root canal that was already accessed and obturated she just had to remove the calcium hydroxide and the temporary filler filler and put in the gutta percha and seal that off so it wasn't as much work but basically it was temporized so that the medicament could work in the canals and then she got to finish it and then mine was kind of the opposite I had the natural tooth there and I did the caries removal and 
the access and the restoration and operated the canals to working length but then we decided to fill it with medication and bring the patient back so I didn't actually finish the root canal and then we also pretty much across the board all did several extractions my roommate did surgical extractions which just means you're using a surgical handpiece to remove bone so that you can more easily get a tooth out if it's let's say like a root tip has broken off or it's totally broken the crown is gone and you can't get any access to leverage the root out that's a lot of times what you'd use the surgical handpiece for so I was assisting on that so it was cool to experience but I didn't get to do it myself and I thought in general root canals and extractions was really lovely experience for all of us to get because we don't have a ton of that at school especially root canals not that we did a bunch on this rotation some other students that came different weeks got more than us at the same clinic or people at different clinics but I would say not every clinic gets to do root canals so that was something unique about our experience and I really enjoyed it another thing that we don't get to do at school is operative work on children so pediatrics our pediatric experience is d3 year a two-week rotation and you see a lot of kids in terms of behavior management and everything but you don't do any operative work you don't drill on any teeth only one out of the eight of us across two whole weeks did a filling on a pediatric patient at my school's rotation they are fixing this now if you're like considering u of m they're trying to always improve things and they have this whole other external clinic that you go to for I think a full week D3 year to do operative work for a week straight is the goal and it's just getting started up. So I can't really report if it's helping or not helping, but it's better than my D3 pediatric experience, which is what I just shared with you. So seven out of the eight of us that two weeks have would have graduated and went into the real working world, never having drilled on a child's tooth, which is just not great in my eyes. But on this rotation... And I've heard most of the external rotation sites, you work on kids a good bit. And that was totally true for my rotation site. We would have at least three or four kids on the schedule every day between the four of us. So most days I worked on a child, if not multiple times. And it was challenging for sure because maybe some of them should be referred to pediatrics for behavior struggles but most of them were pretty good so it was cool to see kids that were very chill at the dentist which is like how I remember being versus kids that were super scared but you could kind of help them through it and have it be a positive experience versus the other end of the spectrum the kids that were just not having it and it would have been unsafe to put a burr in their mouth or kids that were borderline and they kind of told us, okay, get it done. So there was a lot of different pediatric experiences. And it was also helpful, aside from just behavior management and kind of the way you go about working with kids with different temperaments, is the language that you use is another thing that was interesting to get more practice on and that our preceptor helped us with a lot, a lot of distraction mechanisms. But in terms of clinical work, it was also very different compared to working on adult teeth. Like as fast, as fast as possible, even if the prep isn't perfect, is better. If you don't seal a proximal contact, it's not really the end of the world because their teeth are shifting a lot anyways. 
And a lot of things are made in pediatric size, like different matrix bands, hand pieces, burrs, whatever. But sometimes they still don't work and they're still too big or they don't fit the shape of the tooth. And you really have to kind of be creative and improvise to at least get all of the disease, the cavity out and seal it up. So it's not going to pop out and get another cavity or cause the child any pain. So it was a lot of like function over being like beautiful perfect ideal work when you were working with kids so next up we're going to talk about the specific procedures that I did I posted these on my Instagram story which is Haley Schultz Dental if you're not following that specific page I kind of did like summaries of what I did week three and week four of rotation and then I also posted a little bit of like a day-to-day on some of the more busy days so I'm just going to read those off for you all so you can see like what each day kind of looked like and how there really was a lot of variation amongst that. I have full summaries of Monday through Thursday weeks three and four but I don't have it for weeks one and two and I just don't have it in me to go back through all those treatment notes so I'm going to give you the little bit of rundown that I put on my Instagram story. So we had it kind of overlapping with Memorial Day so there was a lot of cancellations right before the holiday weekend and then when we got back from the after the holiday weekend clinic was one day shorter because memorial day is a monday so coming off the holiday we were only there tuesday wednesday thursday so that felt really quick and that first day back from the holiday weekend i had like a really anxious kid and we did nitrous and were able to fill two occlusal and four mo and then i did a problem focus exam a gold crown delivery and an rpd adjustment And then another day that was more exciting would be where I did crown preps for opposing teeth, number three and number 31, for gold crowns. Pretty much all the crowns we were doing in this clinic, for the most part, were gold because that's what Medicaid is covering now, which is huge that these patients can get root canals and crowns now through Medicaid, but they're all going to be gold crowns, which honestly... I love gold because it's a great strong material and you don't have to prep very aggressively at all but the patient and like the anesthesia and just everything was just perfect and I had one of the actual chairside assistants not a classmate and the chairside assistants are so amazing at what they do they make life so easy so I was able to prep 3 and 31 in about 30 minutes and then I still had to take the impression and make the temps but the preps were really really quick and in a normal clinic not talking about external rotations, just normal life, a lot of times your assistants make the temps for you too and take the impressions. You just pack the cord if you're even using cord. So really, I would have been in and out of there in a normal clinic in that 30 minutes, which is pretty good for even a real dentist, working dentist speed. And that same day, I did nine distolingual, nine mesiolingual, and four MOD. And then I had a child that I did tooth number I, DO, and J, MO. And then other than that, it was assisting. And we will jump ahead to week three. On Monday, I did my first root canal. It was tooth 23. I posted it on my Instagram stories. Again, more reason to be following there, but you can see kind of the trouble we were having right near the apex the gut aperture was just getting like bendy which means that there was some kind of lingering particles in there and we didn't want to seal it off with those particles in there so that's why we ended up doing the medication and then I also felt like I didn't really do the root canal myself 
fully because I didn't do the access myself because I was struggling so much with the visualization with the rubber dam on there. It was so hard to fit the burr in by pushing back the rubber dam and fit your mirror to see anything with indirect vision that I ended up just calling my preceptor to do the access. I did all of cleaning out the canal and getting to working length myself, which was awesome experience, but I don't really feel like, yes, I did my first root canal because I didn't do the access and because we didn't finish it, but it was still my first experience of anything endo on a real tooth. So it was still lovely experience. That same day, it was pretty busy, like root canal, whoa. And then I did 13 DO, giant, giant, giant decay. And then the next patient I did 30 DO, also huge decay, but we didn't end up doing it because the kid was not in the mood and was giving giving us sass, to be honest. So we ended up just doing a 14 occlusal with no anesthesia at the kid's request because it was, you know, easy in quotes. And then the next patient I did three MO and then the last patient of the day I did 14 MO, two occlusal and 31 occlusal. Jumping ahead to Tuesday of week three, there was an emergency patient that had like all this swelling and thought that they had this big infection or had all these, you know, speculations that you think about when something's going on. You think about everything that could be wrong with you. Turns out they just had a ton, a ton of calculus because they haven't been into the dentist in three years. So we did some debridement and then they'd follow up after that. And I also did a gold crown delivery for number 19 and then I prepped number three for a full gold gold crown. So that was a fun day. And I finished off the day with the third patient I saw, which was 15 MO and 15 buckle. And then Wednesday, I saw four patients. First one was 14 MOD, six mesial facial and 12 buckle. Then the next patient, we did six facial, 10 facial and 15 occlusal. And the third patient, I delivered those gold crowns that I prepped previously that I was talking to you all about. So I delivered three and 31 and the patient was so nice and made like this whole point about how I'm going to be such an amazing dentist and I have such great chair side manner and that I'm just so like kind and comforting and basically really, really flattering and kind. So that was really nice and definitely memorable for me. And then I finished off the day with an upper complete denture delivery. And I made a little note on here that I really love interior composites. They're my favorite thing. So it's fun to do those instead of lots and lots of class twos. And then the last day of week three, I saw four patients. I extracted 24 through 29 with one of them being a root tip. I needed a lot of help with those because I'm still not very good at extractions as of that week. Stay tuned. And then I did an occlusal adjustment And then the next patient was 23 incisal, which was basically nothing. And we were trying to explain to him it's just going to chip off, but he wanted it done anyways. And then the last patient was 18 DOL with a really, really deep fracture and just deep decay. And my last week, so week four, I got a lot better at extractions this week. I just felt a lot more confident and I felt like I was finally understanding like, what it feels like when you have a good purchase point when you're starting to elevate. And that was the reason I felt like I was never quite getting it with extractions. And I also was figuring out how much pressure you need to apply with your forceps when you're pushing axially. Like, And also, once you feel like you have some mobility, what point can you kind of pull out and try to get the tooth out? I was always waiting for it to be like basically falling into my lap 
but that's never going to get that mobile for the most part unless they're perio involved teeth and all of these teeth that we were doing last week when I needed a lot of help and then this week they were not perio involved there was strong bone support and that's what makes them so tough to get out so week four monday three patients so kind of boring but it was number five buckle and number 30 mo then the second patient was an upper and lower removable partial denture wax try-in so like the different teeth set into wax and trying to figure out their correct bite and correct um vertical dimension of occlusion and then the last patient was an emergency pediatric patient that was in a lot of pain and we ended up extracting number k for them and then on tuesday it was more busy more exciting day we did three occlusal 15 mobl which was just it was large as it sounds and 15 if you don't know is way 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 back left and then number 20 do rest seats for maxillary and mandibular rpds and final impressions so all of that was the same patient that was my second patient of the day and then the next patient i did 18 mo and 19 occlusal fourth patient i did 21 do 31 buckle and alginins for a partial and then the fifth patient of the day was a child with more nitrous and we did ido i know i'm just kind of listing off things so if you're dental ish it might be exciting hopefully this isn't too boring otherwise i'm almost done just two days left to talk about wednesday number 19 full full gold crown delivery new patient exam extracted a number four that had a really deep fracture into the root and then two new patient exams. And then Thursday, a lot of cancellations for some reason, getting closer to the weekend, I guess. Extracted another fractured tooth, number five. Extracted number 12, and then filled 15 MO. So I felt like I got a lot better at extractions that week. Okay, we're gonna wrap it up with, like I said, those FAQs. So you're probably wondering, how do you get to these places? Where are the places? How is it paid for? So first things first, everything is part of what we already paid in tuition. So it's not like it's free, but you don't have to pay anything else out of pocket other than whatever food you choose to bring, make, purchase while you are there. So the sites are either Monday to Friday, Tuesday to Thursday, Monday to Thursday. You have a hotel that the school sets up for you the night before your clinic starts, and then you have to check out the morning of your last clinic day. So for us, we checked in Sunday night, and we checked out Thursday morning, did our clinic Thursday, and then drove back to Ann Arbor. For me, our site was nearly three hours away, especially the drive home with traffic on a Thursday evening. And then the further sites that are over three hours, they do give you an extra night in the hotel after your last day of clinic. So you could drive home the following morning if you don't want to get back in the dark late at night, which is a nice offering. And usually they're like comfort in or something comparable. So decent hotels, nothing luxury, but nothing too bad either. And some of them have breakfast included. You get your own room. You're not roomed with any of the other dental students. And yeah, nothing else goes out of pocket. In terms of getting there, they offer us the option to carpool using cars, basically rental car, provided by the School of Dentistry. And then you can keep your gas receipts and get reimbursed for gas. If you choose not to use the school car, 
you are responsible for getting yourself to and from any mileage on your car and any gas. For me, I think the school cars are a little bit of a headache. I did use it this summer all four weeks and I was the person driving a carpool of us up there, but you have to pick it up from the dental school's parking lot. There's no parking around there that you could leave your car at Well you're gone on rotation. So I have to walk all the way to the dental school or bus or something, pick up the car, drive it back to my residence in Ann Arbor, pack it up with a week of stuff and food and clothes and all that. I'm not going to log all of that to the school because I kind of bring a lot because I try to make sure I am comfortable when I'm there. And then once my car is full of my stuff, I have to go drive around each place and pick up the people I'm driving and then drive us up to rotation. And then I have to bring us back, drop each of them off individually, fill up the gas tank because we have to return it with a full tank of gas, drop it off at the school. And then I also have to find a way to get all of my luggage and food and all of that back to my house. So usually I drop that off, then get gas, and then turn in the car. But then I have to get back from the school, again, either walking or busing, the like little over a mile that I live from the school. So it's a little bit of an annoyance. And for example, when I went to go check out my car one day, the tires were low and they told me to go to the university's garage services and get it serviced. I didn't have to pay anything, but I had to waste an hour and a half of my time pay $3 to park at the school so that I could pick up the car and take it to the garage services and then I got myself like a latte while I waited for an hour so really I spent $13 doing work for the school so I think the system could be improved in short and they're like Ford Focus or whatever the sedan is not the SUV so I don't really know how I'm gonna feel driving them if there's any chance of snow especially driving up to northern Michigan where there's more snow I'll probably take my own car I have a jeep compass so it has four-wheel drive and I think I'll be more comfortable I'd rather pay the gas and not feel stressed about getting stuck in the snow or sliding all over the place but when it's nice weather I don't mind taking the school car just a little bit of an annoyance getting to and from the drop-off process but it's nice to have gas paid for and not putting extra miles on my car so I also want to talk about the different locations that exist essentially at any given time all of these location sites are staffed with d4 students and some sites have two students some sites have four students some sites have as many as six students so if you're not from Michigan, you probably won't know these places, but you can at least count that there's a lot of variety. So there is an Aspen Dental Clinic that is a new one that they've been rotating us through since last year. And again, we only go three semesters and you're in the same site per semester. So any given student is only going to have three different locations. You don't visit all of these sites. But there's an Aspen Dental in Gaylord and Traverse City. There's a clinic in Wright Michigan. There is a federally qualified health center that's a completely free clinic in Pontiac, Michigan. There is a Grand Rapids FQHC, the Cadillac FQHC, the Kalamazoo FQHC. There's another FQHC in Battle Creek and in Saginaw. And then we also have some students that do an integrated special care clinic in Ann Arbor. So that's kind of a different one. You only go once per week. And then you don't obviously have a hotel or car or anything because it's local, but you don't have to take weeks off of the dental school clinic. And then we have another one in 
Niles, Michigan, which is super south, like almost in Indiana, basically. And then there's another one in Traverse City. There's also a pain clinic in Ann Arbor. So you could get assigned to that one. And you would also be there just one day at a time instead of driving away and doing like completely external process. Then we have one in Atlanta, Michigan, which is more north of like the thumb side of the state. There's another one in Brighton. And then we also have a site in Ypsilanti. So quite a range. Oh, and a new one in Traverse City that's not even on the website yet. But spoiler, that is where I'm assigned. Next semester is the fourth possible place you could be in Traverse City, which is going to be fun in terms of being in Traverse City, which is like a very fun, vacation-y northern Michigan town with my clinic and three other clinics full of dental students at any given time. So there will be a lot of us to hang out with, lots to do, but it's a brand new clinic. So I'm, in terms of my actual clinical experience, very, very, very skeptical of how it will go since it's brand new starting up at September. I would have to imagine we're just not going to be doing that much care because it'll be slow to get patients. And when we do have patients, it'll probably be a lot of intake and exams, but who knows? I'm trying to be optimistic about it, but I'm very skeptical. So you will all get another update, I'm sure at the end of fall semester about how that clinic itself goes. But that's really everything for this week's episode, recapping my experience about external rotations at U of M. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode and be sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at Dental Download Podcast. And again, my own dental school page is at Haley Schultz Dental if you want to see what I'm up to day to day as a fourth year dental student. All right, that's everything, and I will talk to you next Monday.